I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Uh, Since it is Mental Health Awareness Month, today we're talking about mental health. So here with me is licensed medical health professional Tyler Bird. Um, Tyler, if you don't mind, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your role at Complete Wellness, um, and, you know, how you got into the profession and, and your thoughts on it? Yeah, sure thing. Um, thanks for having me today. Um, I am a licensed mental health professional um, and president of Complete Wellness, uh, which is a collection of health and wellness professionals that really specialize in outpatient mental health therapy. Um, We really seek to help people build mental health through mind, body, and spirit. And what really got me interested in the position is it's kind of funny. I grew up with a therapist as a mom, um, so I literally tried to become anything but a therapist. And then eventually just stopped fighting it and realized it's, it's kind of who I am. Um, I've always been really interested in the human mind, human behavior, human performance. So that kind of propelled me into just working with people from a mental health perspective. How long have you been um, at Complete Wellness and, and doing that? So that's, that's probably an even crazier story. It, we started at Complete Wellness um, March 1st. And then a pandemic ensued about 15 days later. But we've been able to kind of weather the storm, if you will. Um, I've, I've been in mental health work since 2013. So I'd, I'd actually worked with a lot of my coworkers who are at Complete Wellness with me now um, prior. But yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind starting Complete Wellness. Um, we decided to kind of merge together and try to create an, a bigger impact in the community. And so... We are hoping to continue and to uh, build and grow, but we'll we'll kind of see how things shake out with with right. where things are at right now. That's pretty incredible. So uh, you guys just started, and and all of a sudden you were unable to see patients right away. Yes. So have you have um, you guys been operating remotely like most most other services? I guess um, still seeing people to, or talking to people, doing Zoom conferences or you know video conferences. Yeah, that's, that's probably the silver lining in all of this is with technology and, and society the way it is today, we, we have the ability to provide mental health treatment through video conferencing, through um, synchronous audio. So I have actually done all of my work remotely for, I think about six weeks now, feels like 40 weeks. Um, but I, I've been all um, telehealth right now, um, and, and many of my coworkers are telehealth. There's, there's a, a few times where, where we can maintain some social distancing and see someone in the office, but I, I would say it's, it's predominantly all, all via video. Do you see, you know, especially in a time like right now, I guess, when people probably feel like their backs are against the wall, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to pay rent. I mean, a lot of high stress situations, do you see that being in my mind, it seems like it would be a situation where people are not seeking out the right help that they need because they're so preoccupied on so many other things that are actually causing a lot of mental you know, health issues. Um, I mean, how do you get a message out to the folks that really truly need to see someone even when they are in a tough time and, and you know, do they end up 
turning to you and, and, and getting better because of it during this time, or does it typically happen after and more of a reflection? Great question. Yes, is the answer to both. Um, <laughs> I think I think the hard part is you're absolutely right. In a time like this where there's, there's so little that's known, um, which literally anxiety is, is kind of that discomfort and feeling of not knowing what's going to happen and not being able to have an answer to things. So there's, there's so many effects of all of this, whether someone's lost a job, um, lost someone that they, they love or lost connection with the people that they, they like interacting with a lot. Um, those are all incredibly emotionally heavy things. And a lot of times people enjoy like we all enjoy control, every one of us. Um, I, I always tell people I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed control freak, and we all are. We, when we have control over things, we can deal with whether it works out for us or not because we feel like what we do has, has influence over that. Um, but in a time like this, I think it's really hard to seek mental health treatment just because there's one, there's a stigma around it already. Um, right mental health treatment gets that stigma that, oh, asking for help means you're, you're weak or you can't handle something. And then you tack on, people are trying to figure out what to do for work. Um, parents, if they have kids right now, their, their entire structure of life has changed because they're asked to do multiple roles. So you're not asked to just focus on working from home. You're asked to help your kids learn schoolwork. You're asked to balance your schedules. Um, that are so different from anything we've experienced before. So I think it's really, really tough to seek finding time to sit and talk to a licensed professional that can help you deal with some of the emotions. Um, and society kind of just expects us to know how to handle our emotions. And we don't really give people a lot of training on that. I, I work a lot with teens and adolescents and I ask all of them, you know, how many math classes has, have you taken? How many science classes have you taken in English? And they all tell me they take it every year. And then I always ask them, well, how many classes have you taken on how to deal with your emotions or how to deal with conflict with peers or how to express when you need help? And every one of them are like, what are you talking about? We don't talk about that stuff. Like we just get it done. Um, right. And so I think it, this is a great time to reach out and ask for help. And, and I think those that, that are able to do that will continue to build mental and emotional skills that, that really help them kind of progress and advance in what they're looking to get out of life. Sure. I guess, uh, so during this time then, um, not only is, you know, are people working from home, you know, unsure of, unsure of the security of maybe their job, where their income's coming from, um, you know, and then we have mental health awareness month. So do you guys promote this month? How do you, you know, is, it, is there some involvement that you have in the community during this month? I, I guess I just, from my perspective, outside perspective, I don't know how large of a month this is. And I know it's, you know, it, it truly is for probably people that are involved or, or dealing with mental health issues. So I just was curious if you guys utilize this time to market or, or promote treatment. Yeah, I, th I think the the biggest thing is mental health doesn't carry the stigma that it's carried in the past. Um, we're getting much better at it. Uh, I, I think part of the reason we moved to complete wellness is, is to really promote mental health versus mental illness. Um, a, a lot of people who seek mental, mental health treatment come from a reactive mental illness approach. Um, and I really view mental health as more of a proactive approach to building our, our mental and emotional skills. Um, so I think our, our biggest promotion right now is just trying to help people understand that 
look, mental health doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. I'm, I'm very positive psychology based in, in my just perspective on, on life and work. And so I, I seek a lot to figure out, you know, what's right with you and how do we use those strengths and skills that you have to enhance your mental and emotional awareness. But I also think another huge thing that we try to promote is asking for help is oftentimes the strongest thing a person can do. Um, it, it's not portrayed in society as this really strong, courageous action. We're getting a little bit better at that. But I think as far as promotion, our biggest thing is just letting people know that we're here, that we're available, um, and that we're willing to have the conversation about the things that are people don't want to talk about usually. Um, that's really what therapy is about, is giving you a place to talk about the things that you maybe have not felt comfortable to talk about and realizing that it's okay to talk about those things. And there's actually things I can do to kind of help remedy those situations. Right. Absolutely. And right at the beginning, you mentioned that, um, you know, complete wellness, your goal or your kind of your mission is to, you know, help people through their mind, body and spirit. I mean, how important do you believe those three things are not only your emotional health, your physical health and, and how those interact and how, I guess, how during a time like this, does is, is it make it especially difficult to keep all three of those in line? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question. Um, how difficult is it? I think, I think it's an incredibly difficult thing because we're, we're forced to restructure our view on time in general. Um, we're, being able, or we're being asked to manage our time in ways we've never been asked to do that, whether it's working from home or some of those other life roles that we have to play. As far as how to integrate all of those things, I think we get a lot of information and coaching and just help on how to deal with physical performance. I, I would be willing to bet everyone in the professional field has a performance review, <clears throat> and it's oftentimes all about physically what things did you do within the company or within your role to progress yourself in that career or to kind of meet and achieve different things. Right. Um, we get very little training mm -hmm. on how the mental and emotional health of people impact physical performance. And I, I talk a lot with people on it's oftentimes if there's a physical limitation or something where we're not able to physically do, I think a lot of times it comes back to either a thought or feeling based um, blockage that I think people could work through if they're given the right tools to work through those things. So I think the way I view it is, we can be the most like physically gifted person at being able to perform tasks. But if we don't have the mental and emotional skills, it doesn't matter how high our potential is. We can only go as far as our mental and emotional skills will take us. Sure. No, absolutely. And I, the reason I bring up the mind, body and spirit is because I am a firm believer in when you're struggling, um, when you feel like, you know, you're kind of, your back's against the wall, you're, you're, you're insecure and you're anxious uh, is when you need to really double down on, you know, the physical, um, the other things that maybe require a little bit less mental attention, but end up having a significant effect on, you know, your, your chemicals in your brain and your body, you know, going for a run, doing something physical. And that's the hardest time to ever get yourself to do that when you feel like crap is, you know, you're like, well, I know that it's going to make me feel better. I'm going to, you know, enjoy going out and moving, even going out in the backyard doing something. Um, so it's from my perspective, and at least my experience is it's just been, I mean, those are so interconnected, 
that it's especially now, like I was saying, during this time, you know, when folks can't go to the gym or when their routine gets shaken up. I mean, when someone's routine gets thrown out of whack, that I can't imagine what that has, you know, effect that has on on someone that's finally feeling like they're figuring something out, you know, mentally and emotionally and, and physically. So I think that's pretty cool that that you guys have that, you know, and that that's your approach towards it. Um I guess, do you, and, and if this is too, if this is too personal or if, I mean, and you don't have to get into any detail, but do you have any personal experience with mental health or, or anything that, and maybe not you specifically, but maybe family or, or friend that caused you to want to stay in this, in this profession and in this realm of, of mental health and, and, you know, mind, body, and spirit and, and therapy? Yeah, I, I can get personal. I love this topic. Um, I, I tell everyone all the time, I, if I didn't grow up with a therapist who had every technique like under the sun available to them to try to figure out how to help my anxiety and ADHD over my lifespan, um, I'd probably be well beyond the, the training that I have already still trying to figure out what to do with myself. Um, so I, I, I tell people all the time, like one of the hard parts with mental health is it's such an individualized thing. As much as we have a lot of similarities as people, if you've met one person, you've met one person. We're all super unique. Um, so there is no one size fits all approach to mental health. And I think that's why incorporating mind, body, and spirit is, is also so important is because everybody comes with their, their own narrative, their own story, their own background, myself included. And so things that work for me that I've learned, whether it's mindfulness and meditation, physical activity, I'm a huge proponent of that and exercise, whether it's nutrition based, all of those things, there's, there's a lot of research out there on things that work. Um, but that doesn't mean they work for every person. Um, every research that article that you read, there's going to be things that work for some and things that don't work for others. So I think as far as my personal experience, I think mental health is it's a never ending game. Um, and it, it's, it's an infinite game that people will play throughout their entire life because very few of us were prepared for this pandemic, if any. Um, and so when life throws things at you that you're unprepared for, that's a new opportunity to learn. And I think that's what's really kept me in the field is as, as people, we're continuing to evolve, we're continuing to change, and we're continuing to face things that really force us to step back and look at, you know, what is kind of helping you maximize your potential as a person, or what is helping you build those skills needed to get the most out of life. Um, and, and I think that's maybe another thing with this, uh, the pandemic and the situation we're in, as well as like having a career that I think is really important for people is time is our most valuable resource and it always will be. So I think it, it really helps us seek to understand like, how are we spending our time and what are we doing to make the most of that? No, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, <laughs> you kick yourself after you, if you sit on the couch for like two and a half hours or something, and then, then it's like, well, you know, am I stressing myself out too much by kicking myself while I'm hanging out? You know, that's okay too once in a while. But no, I think, I mean, you bring up the pandemic and I, I think there is a silver lining to it all. And hopefully people can, you know, regardless of politics or regardless of what you think, you know, should be done or should have been done or, or where we're at. And the point is we're, we're where we're at right now. And I think that we can all look at it and say that, you know, it's not just you, Tyler, that's, you know, working remote. It's not just me. Brooke's not the only one that's at home. I mean, everyone is. So I think it hopefully can shed light on bigger human condition where, 
we really are, you're not alone in really any of it. And you're also not alone in any of the mental health issues that you may feel that you, even if you feel like it may not be as serious as someone else that's going through something, it's, it's serious enough for you to, you know, understand and work through for your own health, I guess. And hopefully people can, you know, maintain the, the thoughts and feelings they have after this, you know, entire we go back to normal, see whenever that is, if that, you know, it probably won't ever go back to true normal, but, but that's okay too. Right. I mean, I guess, do you ever see a misunderstanding in how people approach mental health along those lines of, you know, thinking that they can get over it and it's gone and it's done as opposed to, no, I just need to live with this now and how it is and be able to manage it successfully. There, there's a quote I really like to use with people. Um, it says, once we accept ourselves as, once we accept ourselves as we are, only then can we change, um, which I think is a, it's a profound statement for a lot of people because it's, it's that double-edged sword you kind of talked about. It, if I accept myself as I am, then why would I want to change, right? Um, so I talk a lot of times with people that acceptance doesn't always mean we like what we, what we accept about ourselves. But if we don't accept it, we can never address kind of where the issue is. Um, and as far as like mental health across the lifespan, the number one thing I work with people on in, in the very first time I meet them is helping them understand that we're really seeking to manage emotions um, and kind of challenge thinking because thoughts and feelings are outside of our control for the most part. Um, and, and we get hammered by society to control our emotions. Um, and I, if I could change one thing in the mental health world, it is to get people to stop telling others to control their emotions because it's it's impossible to do our our feelings don't really care they don't ask permission they they come and go as they please we can definitely influence them i, I would switch the word control to manage um, and i think that's kind of what you were talking about jack is if you come in with the expectation that i'm going to beat mental health um, mental health isn't something you beat mental health is something you learn to manage and improve and enhance that's really what mental health is is focusing on improving your mental and emotional skills to enhance your daily life and daily functioning. So I think I would really help people realize that you can learn skills and there's a lot of things you can do to kind of improve your mental health, but you're going to manage it literally the rest of your life. Um, even if we get into the, the topic of mental illness, which I like to differentiate between the two, um, where mental illness is a list of um, genuine diagnosable um, criteria that dramatically influence your daily functioning, um, whether it's interpersonal relationships or mood or thinking, or just like your daily overall daily functioning, mm -hmm. um, even mental illness. There are a lot of things out there that can help with that, whether it's medication, therapy, exercise, a combination of all of those things but you're still going to manage that. I, I tell everyone all the time, like my own personal anxiety that I deal with, it will never go away. Um, and a lot of times I get to thank, I always thank my parents for it because there's some genetic predisposition to it. So I'll walk in and I'll say, hey mom, thanks for being a therapist and thanks for giving me anxiety. And kind of a playful joking way, but right. the reality is there's a lot of things that I can do to manage that anxiety. Um, and there's there's things anyone can do to manage that. And, and it's a spectrum. So what my anxiety looks like is different than what someone else's anxiety could look like. So I really think it's important for people to understand that you have the ability to be your own expert on your, on your mental health and figure out the mental and emotional things that affect you. 
and find ways to to really manage those throughout the lifespan. Like that's a common uh, a common theme. You know, you look at anything related to physical health, you know, exercise, um, fitness, and you're always looking for that golden quote or product or whatever it is that you know, you're all of a sudden you start taking it and you're healthy or you start thinking it and you're healthy and you're fit and you can do whatever you want when really it's absolutely not that it's, you know, tinkering with the different dials and things that you can do, whether it's working out in the morning or in the afternoon or what you eat and, and figuring it out for yourself. And, and, you know, I came to terms with that as far as fitness goes, and it sounds like I have to come to terms with that as far as, you know, mental health goes and emotions <laughs> that, that there's not just one ticket. <laughs> If, if I, if I had the silver bullet, um, that I could just give people that here's, here's the trick to all of it. Um, one, I would, I would make a ton of money, um, yeah. and I would put myself out of business, which would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's mental health is much like physical health or physical fitness, right? It, you take two weeks off and everything you did for the last year is gone. All the effects and Look, mental health is a lot the same way. If, if you take two weeks off or you take three weeks off and you don't address anything, your emotions and, and your thoughts, like they drive so much of our behavior. And a lot of times it's, it's not even in our conscious awareness. Um, they're subconscious things, they're patterns, they're things we've learned over our life that we aren't even in touch with half the time. Um, and so if we take time off, old patterns tend to, to creep up um, because humans were creatures of habit. So it's all about finding that routine and that structure that, that help us create the patterns that, that lead to the most success. Um, I guess how important to you or how important is uh, routine in regard to mental health as, you know, as important as routine is to physical fitness. Um, is that something that, cause for me personally, I feel like that's something I don't think about often enough. I, I think about, I haven't worked out in a few days. I need to go do that or, I need to get myself waking up at a certain time and, you know, working out, but I never really think about my, you know, I guess maybe some meditation, but yeah, is, is routine just as important? I'm sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think routine and structure are probably two of the most important things when it, when it comes to pretty much anything that, that we do in life. Um, and, and mental health is, is right along that framework. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that people can do as far as structure and routine. You, you mentioned meditation and mindfulness exercise, journaling. I think overall, though, the biggest routine is really starting to become more self-aware. I, I think self-awareness is, is one of the hardest things for a person to accomplish because we, we spend so much time either projecting our awareness onto others or worrying about what others think about us or worrying about how we, we come across to others, all of those things. But I think when it really comes to like daily practice, um, if we're going to use the physical fitness, um, like going to the gym analogy, it's daily to start to pay attention to what we're thinking and feeling. We spend a lot of time paying attention to what we're doing, um, which is great because we control our actions. So I always tell people, I'll, I'll blame you for any action that you do, because that's within your control. You have to consent to act. But your thoughts and your feelings, you don't have to consent to those things. Um, they're just going to come up in daily life. So the more we get aware of those things, that's kind of the daily practice thing. Um, and it's easy to get distracted. Our, our mind goes 100 miles an hour most times, um, and mine probably a million miles an hour most times. But the better we get at kind of staying in the present, staying in the moment, and starting to understand the thoughts and feelings that, that come about in daily life, the better we're able to really 
start to understand what mental health means to you as a person? Uh, you know, you, you talk about us not having as much control over our thoughts or our feelings. Um, and, and I'm sure that's a tough pill for some people to swallow, uh, for, I guess, lack of better analogy. But I, I, I just was thinking about, you know, when you're, cause in my head, I, I'm the same way. I think I'm in control over everything, everything that I say, everything I think. So anything I ever say that's stupid or anything I think that's negative is my fault, you know, or anything positive is also equally my fault, right? When it's actually probably a little bit, you know, less true than that. Right. I'll do it. I'll do a quick exercise with you here and, and you'll love this. And, and all the listeners can definitely play along. I, I do this with everyone. I say, cause a lot of people meet me, Jack with, well, yeah, I control my thoughts and like, I don't have to think like the thoughts that I have. So I always say, okay, bear with me here. Don't think about pandas. And I guarantee you the first thought that popped into your head, go ahead and tell me. Pandas? Pandas. Good, yeah. Right? <laughs> and in no way, shape, or form in doing this interview, did you have any like preconceived notion that we're going to start talking about pandas. But now right. everyone listening to this too is sitting there thinking about the cute, fluffy little animal. And right. so I tell people all the time that, look, when we tell people don't think about something or just don't feel that way. We're literally giving them an impossible task and telling them to think and feel those things because our, our brain doesn't hear negative. Um, and it's the hardest thing because in my work, I'm very good at helping people remove that negative language of don't do this, don't do that. In my personal life, you can ask anyone close to me, I'm awful at it. Um, when there's an emotional connection to someone or even your coworkers, when, when they're people you care about and you have a relationship with them, we don't always remember that, oh yeah, there's all these like psychological principles that really aren't helpful. And so we try to figure out ways to control everything when in reality, as, as we give up that control, we find ourselves to be way more successful, way less stressed. Um, but it doesn't, our brain is really good at predicting terribly how things will go. So we think that by hyper-controlling, we're, we're going to feel more confident and comfortable but in reality, it's the reverse. The more we give up that control and focus on the little bit of control and influence that we have, we, we tend to function much better. So, Sure. Yeah, that's a, uh, the control thing is, especially now, I mean, when you feel like you have control over every little thing, yet you've got so many more areas of influence that are causing you to think about pandas throughout the day. You know, you've got, you pull open your phone someone says something negative and all of a sudden you're thinking something negative. So it's, you know, as we get, as, as we have more capability, I think with technology and, and feel like we're in more control, we're actually being, you know, probably driven towards different ways of thinking or, you know, um, uh, feeling emotionally, I guess that that's a little bit more out of our control. So I think that's, that's a tough one though, telling people to try and get rid of their control or the feeling of that they need to control everything. Um, do you have any, do you have any tips or suggestions for not only in the workplace, but even just at home or in your daily life? Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit with meditation and mindfulness, but um, do you have any, yeah, any tips or things that are good to practice um, just to keep ourselves in check? Yeah, I think you've kind of highlighted a, a few of them um, that, are, that I think are really good things that are all well-researched. Um, they've been shown to be effective uh, as far as positive mental health. Um, 
I'll, I'm going to lead with one that I, I think just given the nature of, of kind of the audience and the professional mindset, uh, everyone thinks money is like the number one thing that's going to help me and make me happy and, and make me mentally well. Um, and like the research just doesn't show it. It doesn't agree. Um, literally, if you make enough for your basic needs to be met, like money does very minimal for you. Um, and everyone always meets me, Jack, with, yeah, but money gives you the, the ability to do the things you love, which is which is true. But very few people actually use money to do that. So even a $20,000 raise in your salary will do far less for you than finding a good relationship with a coworker that leads to coffee or a happy hour or something like that. So one big thing um, that I always tell people is, chase the things that actually provide value in your life and provide increased mental health um, and challenge yourself to resist that initial urge to chase money or things or, or any of that. Um, when I first started in mental health, I, I had a note card that I seared into my brain by leaving it on my desk every day of sleep right, eat right, exercise right, live right. Um, sounds super simple. It's literally one of the hardest things to do. But adequate sleep, adequate exercise, adequate nutrition, all of those things have a really positive impact on our mental health. Um, that's the biggest thing I, I talk with all individuals, whether it's an adult, a kid. Um, the research is overwhelmingly positive on how well that um, correlates to mental health. A couple other things I think that, are, that we maybe haven't touched on yet I think focusing on strengths is really important, especially in the workplace. Like you were talking about, Jack, our mind is so good at beating ourselves up and focusing on all the things we're not good at. Um, and we all think we want to overcome our weaknesses and that by overcoming our weakness, we'll be able to do it all. There's billions of people in the world for a reason. We don't have to be good at everything. We can outsource the things we're not good at or find a way into the lane of things we're good at. Um, I'll, I'll share with you guys uh, a link that you can probably post somewhere to, it's called VIA Character Strength Survey. Martin Seligman developed it. It's really good for people to take to understand what strengths do I possess. Um, it's free. It's super easy. Um, and it allows people to kind of guide their life in that way. And then I think the other two big things, first one is relationships. I think learning to be a great communicator is a really overlooked skill because we're social creatures, which makes this time even more difficult because we're being forced to connect in ways that we aren't really used to connecting, but are available to us due to technology. And I think it's about finding a genuine connection with people, um, not just mindless scrolling or anything like that, but deep, genuine connection. There's so much support out there for a strong social support ne network and how much that impacts your mental health. And then the other big one is emotion regulate, regulation. I think, I think emotion regulation is probably one of the most overlooked skills for people because like we talked about, we can't control those emotions, but we can manage them. And there's things we can do to start to understand how our thoughts and feelings guide and direct behavior. And the better we get at that, the better we're able to use the control we do have in action to do that in positive ways. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate all of those. I think those are, there's some things there that I absolutely probably need to give a little bit more attention to. Um, you know, if anyone is listening, though, that 
that doesn't feel the greatest? I mean, what's the, what's the best way for, you know, are there places they should go, people they should talk to? I'm sure you would be a great resource. <laughs> um, so, I mean, is there, you know, is it easy as them calling you up and, and, and getting going or how, you know, do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah, I, I think one of the best resources on, from an online perspective is psychology today. A lot of therapists have, have profiles out there um, where they can kind of see what that person's like. You get a kind of a snapshot into what that therapist is like. There's some bios. I think that's a good way. Um, word of mouth, honestly, has probably been the best referral source I've, I'll, I think I'll ever have. And I think people will, will ever have because we're, we're social creatures and we, we tend to go to our close supports when things are tough. And in a lot of ways, your own family, your own network of friends, you become that first resource for people when they come to you and say, hey, look, I'm really struggling right now. Um, so I think just continuing to increase the knowledge that there are people out there who can help you talk through the mental and emotional difficulties of life. Um, and from a resource standpoint, I think psychology today is a good place to, to get on. Um, I think you can always call complete wellness. And e even if we aren't the right fit or we, we don't have openings or availabilities, we know a lot of people in the community. Um, and that's the other big, big thing we want to promote is there's a lot of providers in this area. They don't have to be at complete wellness. We just want people to understand that help is available and understand that you can do things to kind of enhance your life. Well, if, if you have anything else, feel free. But otherwise, I really appreciate, you know, talking with you today. I think this was a good conversation, uh, went really well. And I think it's a very serious, serious topic. Serious in the sense that, you know, there's things that you can do about it and it's okay to talk about it. So I appreciate the time today. Do you have anything else? Um, I, I think the way I would pretty much leave it is, you know, mental health is not a disorder, a disease, or like a taboo topic that signifies weakness or disability. Mental illness can be incredibly difficult and debilitating experience if left untreated or unmanaged. Um, so I think kind of to echo the sentiment that if you're experiencing any of the signs of, or symptoms of irritability, difficulty managing your emotions, the best thing you can do is reach out to a mental health provider. And even if you aren't experiencing significant disruptions in daily life and you just want to understand your own mental and emotional health better. Um, mental health is for everyone. It doesn't stereotype. It's really about enhancing those mental and emotional skills so that you can learn to kind of develop and cultivate a more fulfillment, whether it's in work, in your relationships, and ultimately just in your life. So I really appreciate the time and the platform because I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's a topic of discussion that we need to keep bringing to the forefront and continuing to let people know that that there's a lot of things you can do to treat and manage these these symptoms awesome well hey I had fun talking to you it's good seeing you it'd be fun to be in person but this will do so thanks yeah yep i appreciate it thank you yep see you guys you've reached the end of another episode of let's talk business be sure to subscribe rate and review our podcast on your podcast app spotify or itunes Thanks for listening and don't forget to make light.